may tire of me As our December sun is setting As I'm not who I used to be No longer easy on the eyes But these wrinkles masterfully disguise The youthful boy below Turned you away and saw Something he was not looking for Both the beginning and an end But now he lives inside Someone he does not recognize When he catches his reflection on accident Back of a motorbike With your arms outstretched Trying to take flight Leaving everything behind But even at our swiftest speed Couldn't break from the concrete In the city where we still reside And I have learned That even landlocked lovers yearn For the sea like navy men Cause now we say goodnight From our own separate sides Like lovers on a hotel bed Like lovers on a hotel bed Like lovers on a hotel bed on a hotel bed You may tire of me As our December sun is setting Cause I'm not who I used to be Welcome to the Beantown Podcast. This is Quinn David Furness, your host, your creator, your best boy. Uh, this is my voice. This is what I sound like. Thank you for tuning in. A very special episode. We're going to have an amazing, previously unannounced guest coming on. We're really excited about that. We'll get to... Uh, to our dear uncle in one second. Uh, listener discretion is advised when you are checking out the Beantown podcast number one. Occasionally, we will use some uh, 21 plus language or 18 plus in Europe. Uh, and number two, we will uh, just be, be putting out pretty objectively terrible content. I will say, uh, I've been, been in uh, cahoots with my friend Ryan Ligon from the Car Ride Convos podcast. We've been sharing some ideas. Well, he's been sharing his ideas with me for how to promote your podcast. You know, I'm trying to go from that, you know, like 50 subscriber range up to the multi-million. Uh, it's kind of, I'm kind of looking for that middle step there. He suggested going on Reddit and uh, exploring the world of podcasts there. So we looked into that. My uh, my post got taken down this morning because I didn't format it uh, exactly the right way. So that's going to continue to be a struggle for us. But 
Struggle is nothing new for us on the Beantown Podcast. You know, we've been trying to get sponsors for a long time. And, uh, you know, we uh, this is episode number 32, I think, and then a couple spe- specials, excuse me. Uh, it is pretty exciting that uh, we actually have a guest from our white whale itself coming on. Very excited to, to have that. I'll make one other note before we jump into that. Uh, you heard the song right before that was uh, Death Cab for Cutie. I'm still on my kick. That was Brothers on a Hotel Bed from, <coughs> excuse me, Plans. Uh, the album Thank You for Today is coming out in about six minutes. We're recording this on Thursday night, uh, so look out for that. I listened to it a couple of times already through a pre-release and, uh, you know, it's it's never going to be the same old Death Cab, but I, I like it more than Kintsugi, actually. Um, it's it's kind of up there in terms of how much I like it with codes and keys. So go check it out. Thank you for today, Death Cab, for, commu- for Cutie. You're welcome for your uh, free promotion. We're sitting here, uh, 817 St. Paul Street, coming to you live from Beantown. We're drinking some uh, old Oriole Park via... Um, Let's see, what is it? Peabody Heights Brewery, just off campus there, North Central Baltimore. It's good stuff. We're having a good time. I want trivia tonight. It's all coming together for the Q Master. And uh, to top things off, the cherry on top, which is what they called him back in high school, we are very excited to be joined by special guests. It's all in the family here on the Beantown Podcast. We are being joined live Coming from northern Wisconsin, our dear old Uncle Andy. Uncle Andy, how are you doing tonight? Very good, Quinn. I am honored and humbled to finally uh, get a chance to uh, share the stage, as it may be over thousands of miles, uh, with you tonight. And you'll notice that clear, crisp sound quality coming to you from the Samsung Q2U microphone Triple X Collector's Edition series. Samson, if you're looking for a sponsor, uh, you know where to find me. You can always tweet at me. I'm at White Buns. You can also email me, beantownpodcastyahoo.com. That's beantown, B-E-A-N-T-U-D-M, podcast at yahoo.com. But back to the main event, uh, very happy to have... My uncle Andy here on the Beantown podcast, and we're we're not going to beat around the bush here. We know exactly where this is going. This has been a, a an immovable force against an unstoppable object for 32 episodes now. Uncle Andy, you have been an employee of Jack Links for years. Um, uh, why don't you, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do over there at Jack Links? Um, okay, you're right. It's been uh... It's been almost 14 years uh, since I moved your Aunt Wendy and your, your dear little cousins from Wausau. And um, I am a, uh, a sales manager, analytics manager at, at Jack Link. So think of it as today I was working on corporate budgets. It's budget season. So I get the fun for probably the next two, three to four months of budgets, helping out with budgets, revising budgets when corporate decides they want to change things after months and months of preparation. Um, that's one of the things I do. Um, a lot of numbers, accounting, financial stuff. I know all the, the, the dirty secrets uh, of the company out there. Uh, multi-billion dollar company. Unbelievable. I watched it grow into that. So a lot of that. Uh, previously, I was in supply chain and demand planning forecasting, essentially um, helping the company know what to build, when to build, and how much of it. And uh, uh, I've kind of moved into more of the analytics. Think of it as, you know, big 
data, things like that. I don't know the specifics of like the algorithms that go along with like what you're buying when you buy your Jack Links and what else is in your market basket. But uh, needless to say, there's there's a little bit of Big Brother going on out there with that. But uh, that's that's enough for what I'll need to tell you without getting into the boring details. But yep. You that's, mentioned that's, you, that's what your great uncle Andy does. You mentioned big data. Now let's talk about big podcasts and big sponsorship. I noticed something <laughs> you didn't mention in your sort of day to day is hooking up uh, sort of a, a nepotistic relationship uh, for for podcast sponsorship. Could you speak to the the the, the radio silence that we've been getting from Jack Links and and maybe why they don't want to associate with. What what's probably going to become a multi-billion-dollar podcast? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Actually, I had something set up that was going to be quite tasty for you, um, a sponsorship that I know you could really get behind. Unfortunately, um, your uh, your cousin Sawyer, um, right about when I was going to pull the trigger, um, was going to go over to Japan, which he's over in right now, and I needed to shower him with as many gifts as I could since. The, the culture over there is to share gifts, you know, to reciprocate. So um, I sent a lot of things along that I was going to send to you in there currently in Tokyo and Miharo, Japan. So I'm going to have to uh, build that, uh, that cash up a little bit. But needless to say, um, I do have a couple things already, and I'm going to uh, be f- trying to fill them up. I know you like the Jack Link shirt. So I'm going to try to find a, maybe another wearable or two to jam in here. And uh, one of the things uh, I'm really working on hard is everybody's favorite little chub. So <laughs> just, 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 just a few things to, to whet your uh, uh, appetite that may be coming down the road. So we're working on it, but I'll just, I'll just defer and say uh, blame it on Sawyer and his trip to Japan. That's always a good answer. Blame it on Sawyer. You could uh, mm-hmm. you could you could write for uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and some of those White House press briefings. I'm glad you mentioned the little chub, and not just because that was my nickname in Little League. Um, I'm thinking, you know, you suspended a decent amount of time in Northern Wisconsin, and I recall very well the first time I ever sank my teeth into a little chub. It was spicy. It was refreshing. Uh, it it really filled you up well. It was a great snack. Um, what what have been some of your favorite Jack Link's products in, uh, in the past oh, couple of years you've seen rolled out? Um, well, I'll tell you what. I've always enjoyed um, their, their sticks. Um, you know, Jack Link's does make very high-quality products. Um, I've watched it uh, being made in the, in, the, in the floor. It's it's not any of that pink paste uh, stuff that you see sometimes, the pink slime. It is, uh, as long as you're okay with looking at good, you know, high quality, you know, beef from uh, the United States and Brazil. It's uh, it's great stuff. So I've always liked sticks. I like those nice mm, kind of longer dry sticks, they're called. Um, another thing I've always liked, they're called tender bites. They used to be called nuggets. They're these little cube, they're almost like popcorn size um, nuggets. And my favorite that I love for years was uh, a buffalo style. That's really good. Um, obviously, jerky is is always everybody's favorite. The top three flavors are original teriyaki and pepper. Um, but my favorite jerky of all time, and unfortunately it's discontinued, was Cholula. And the Cholula hot sauce that you see in the grocery store, they had that for a few years, and that was a fantastic product. Unfortunately, it didn't quite carry the mustard for uh, you know the the demand that they need for a high 
uh, volume operation like Jack Link's, so it's discontinued, but I think I still might be able to find a bag of it up at the cabin in the back of the fridge or something like that. So yeah, I, those, those were my favorites. I assume you got a big old heap of it buried under the hot tub <laughs> up there somewhere, but I don't know. You, you know what's interesting about that is um, Auntie Wendy's not a big fan of me eating. She says, no, you shouldn't eat a bunch of processed meat, even though it's you know really high quality, 100% beef. So I don't eat too much of it. Actually, I always take a few samples with me in my bag. So if I'm going to, you know, like to the shop, getting my uh, oil change or something like that, I always hand a few out to the, the people that are helping me there. And I'll tell you what, that is a great icebreaker. So carrying it around is uh, is a great way to make friends. But uh, yeah, I, I get some for friends now and then from the company store. And uh, yep, that's a, that's, that's a good way to keep on the good side. Well, and it's good to have for breakfast too on your commute. I can uh, I can tell you about a, a slew of times when I've needed to have 100% beef for breakfast. It happens frequently. You know, you got you got cousin Sawyer over there in Japan. I'm thinking, what about a Kobe beef Jack Link's product line? It would be like thirty dollars for a stick. I don't know. I think Jack Link's needs to tap into the. The high-end meat market. Just just an idea. You know, I'm not getting paid, but maybe maybe I should be. I don't know. I've got some yeah, ideas. I'll, what, I'll, I'll throw it by marketing, and, uh, and I'll watch it as it probably goes right out the other window. But yeah, you know, that's okay. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one other thing I want to I mention here about Jack Link's, then we got to move on. I'm going to give you a number of subscribers that it would take to have people subscribe to my podcast for Jack Links to start paying attention and you just tell me when, okay? 50 1 million 1 billion Oh, there you go. Okay. We've got Okay, I, I just, this is official Jack Links spokesperson Uncle Andy going on record to say Bean Town podcast with 1 billion subscribers, maybe the most popular podcast of all time, and we will get into talks with Jack Links. That's very exciting. That's that's really all I wanted out of this interview, so the rest is just going to be icing on the cake. But Absolutely. That is excellent to hear. Fantastic. Uh, I know that you had uh, – there, there are a couple other topics that I want to touch on. I know that – we did the roast of Quinn David Furnace planned and executed so wonderfully by myself, if I if I could add that. Um, but I know that you had some material that that you wanted to get in, and I I want to make sure that that we get it live on the air before we do anything else. So if you want to take the stage, it's all yours. I mean, there there probably is not much that you could roast me with. But I want to give you that opportunity just in case. So, Uncle Andy, if you're looking to get in two weeks later on the Rosa of Quinn David Furnace, uh, the, the time is yours. All right. I'll start off with just a, a few. I've got a, a, a good list here, but maybe we'll sprinkle them throughout the podcast or save them for later. But, okay, here's, here's what I've got. Quinn's parents didn't like spending a lot of time with Quinn. I'm not sure if everybody knew that. When Quinn was young and Jane and Steve moved around a lot, uh, he always seemed to find them. That was always kind of perplexing for them. Um, Quinn looked up his family tree and found out he was the sap. That's for Grandpa D. That's our maple syrup joke there. Um, Quinn was not the brightest bulb. Uh, Quinn's parents, Jane and Steve, uh, bought a new Japanese car 
and just as they were going to turn the radio, Quinn turned to him and said, don't bother, I don't understand what they say anyways. Oh, no. Um, his favorite radio program while growing up in Rockford uh, was the Sunday night All Amish Dating Hotline slash Good Fishing Hour. Uh, he was an avid fan and submitter to uh, Dear Abby. He's well known for his signature sign-off, bewildered, bearded, by in Baltimore. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll end this part with this one. Uh, Quinn was so ugly, Jane used to feed him with a slingshot. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't I didn't catch most of what you said, but that last part was pretty funny. So, uh, oh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if I have to say these over, no, I, I, I did. I just later on if we want to save them for later. I so. wasn't sure if the Amish radio show, if that, if that the listeners are going to pick up on that. I don't know exactly where it went. You can let us know in the comments. You can tweet at us. We're at White Buns. Uh, that's with a Z. Email us, uh, BeantownPodcastYahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-O-D, and PodcastYahoo.com. Uh, looking forward to mo- more, uh, uh, I guess, half jokes is what I'll call them, sprinkled into the, the rest of the podcast. Um, boy, you uh, I, just when we thought the bar couldn't get any lower with Abby's roast of me, then Uncle Andy comes in and he says, here, I'll do you one better. So uh, thank you for that little introduction. I want to talk... We are, as of tonight, three weeks away from the start of the NFL season and uh, haven't really talked about it much on the podcast because I haven't really needed to because I started the podcast during like championship week or something of the NFL last season. Uh, The NFL season starts in three weeks and for those of you who don't know, we have a family league um, made up of Fernai, Denison, Rue, and I guess Johnson's now. Uh, The Great White North is going into season 13, unbelievably, in what promises to be the most spooktacular uh, season yet. I'm pretty confident that the Gary Busey Halloween Kia commercial is going to pop up in at least one or two notes a week. Um, but that but we're very we're <laughs> we're very blessed to be joined by the the commissioner himself. Uh, it, it's kind of like being the Queen of England. You know, it's more of a title, and you don't really have any power. But but we respect you, anyways. Um, so, Uncle Andy, if you, if you could uh, tell us a little bit about what it's like to be a fantasy football commissioner for those of us listeners who, who've never had that experience before. It's, it's an almost unbelievably weighty and stressful position. I mean, every year it takes months of preparation. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of flack from every side. No one's ever happy. You know, but you do it because you love the game. You do it because of family. You do it because of tradition. You do it because... You just are the only one that really can do it because nobody else is good enough, I guess is the way to put it. But I'll tell you what, thinking back on 13 years, we've had a lot of fun. And I'll, I mean, thinking back 13 years ago, you and Jack and Walt, I mean, you guys were were kids. And, you know, and, and uh, uh, I remember when uh, I used to do the, the recaps, you know, tried to do the recaps of the pre, pregame you know, prognostications and, uh, you know, 
the games when they were done and that this was eh, it was we we did everything online but there's a lot more things out there now that will you know auto populate with a lot of you know pseudo like uh you know newspaper column recaps but we've had a lot of fun and boy you guys have done a great job of taking that you and walt especially um once in a while jack will get in there usually he's not as verbose but when he does jump in you know it's high qual you know it's great I think I recall. Okay, it's yeah, been, it's been it's been an awesome, awesome time. I I honestly look forward to it. I can't imagine actually not having it now. That's something we're gonna have to make sure we do. You know, from here to eternity. You know. Yeah, I I'm glad you mentioned that about Jack. I think I recall one uh, note maybe six or seven years ago where he did a little rappers delight uh sugar hill gang something going on with fantasy football lyrics but yeah uh it doesn't post a ton but uh but when he does you can tell it's quality content uh speaking of 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 good memories or or great moments what have been some of your excuse me as i belch into the microphones what have been some of your favorite memories or moments from 12 years of the Great White North, any as specific as you want or as broad as you want? And you mentioned some things already, but but what have you really liked about it? I'll tell you what. The, the year that uh, Grandpa's team won, I think it was 2009, won the Super Bowl. That was pretty fun because, you know, Grandpa, you can never have enough tight ends and not fully understanding how fantasy football works. When you drafted like four or five of them, you're like, oh, this could get a little, a little dicey, but year that he won that was that was a lot of fun um oh the, the games where you would have something like 176 to 161 or something and, and walt would be able to rattle off you know probably the year and week of whatever season it was but some of those games where you're like everything was just hitting on every cylinder for each team some of those you know incredible high scoring games were a lot of fun to watch the ties which once again walter <laughs> always seems to fall into it's king of like, ties yeah it's, it's like a trap you know you just can't help but walk into them. Um, some of the uh, 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 controversy, I think, is too strong of a word, but <laughs> we've been in the playoffs. We've had a tie, and we have to go to the rule book, and then we're kind of going, yeah, the rule book is a little bit ambiguous even on this one. Those have always been fun in the fact that we've always been, you know, really very competitive, but good sports throughout it has been great. Um, uh, the, the comments, like we were talking about, you go back sometimes and you read some of them, I mean, you just laugh. And I have to tell you this, Quinn. Um, your Auntie Wendy, who is not a football fan, I mean, she's like, okay, great, the Packers won, but, you know, who really cares? Excuse me, as I've read those sometimes to her, she's always been very impressed, and she said, Quinn really should become a sports writer. He's so good at this. That's what he should be doing. So I'm just telling you, if you ever fail miserably at all these ventures in your life, just remember Auntie Wendy thinks that you'd be a great sports writer, you know, kind of a Dave Barry for the NFL or something like that. So, so hey, we're, we're all we're all rooting for you, and especially your auntie there. So uh, she uh, she's always appreciated your your wits and insight. But th- those are some of the things that come to mind from a from a thirty thousand foot level over the years. Well, I appreciate hearing that. And, and speaking of you know handsome and industrious, I will mention that I opened up my first ever. This is a true story. Today. I opened up my first ever CD online, you know, because I've been, you know, wasting my life with savings and checkings accounts for, I don't know, almost 10 years now. And now here come the big bucks. It's it's going to be huge. So when you when you come out to Beantown and you see my mansion 
and my uh, my big screen TV and uh, a winning fantasy football team. You're going to know where that came from. Go check it out. CDs, that's the way of the future. That and floppy disks. So that's what I'm investing in. Um, there you go. I, I have a, a kind of a specific pointed question for you. Who do you think your most handsome nephew to have never won it all is? If we're comparing me versus Jake, where do you think it falls? Wait, your question is who is the most handsome? That's correct. To have never won it all. Oh, oh, who's the most handsome that has never won it all? Yeah. Of, of my nephews. Mm. Well, let's see. Um, that kind of narrows it down just a tad. Um, by default, I have to sadly admit it's you. <laughs> that's that's the answer we were looking for. Next question. Uh, tips or advice for any up-and-coming commissioners out there? Oh, um, I'll tell you what. Um, if you don't have a group that is uh, willing to engage with each other, have a little bit of you know fun, uh, you know you gotta you gotta crack you know a few ribs, but you know not so much that the blood's pouring out. You know, uh, seed that commentary. You've got to have that because that makes it all the fun. Um, I know some people who say, "Oh, if there's no money involved, how can it be fun?" And I completely disagree because our league obviously Quinn as you know uh, exchanges no money it's all on pride but I can't imagine having a more fun league so I would say definitely make sure you get that going um, be willing to be creative with the points some people are real sticklers on you know you know PPR leagues and things like that I would say don't be afraid to put a little bit more splash into your scoring for instance our field goals um they, they get up to, what is it, five points if you get above 50 yards or something like that? Yeah, the, the something like that. Can be quite robust in scoring. Yep. And um, what I like about that is it evens things out because it's not just offense or just, you know, make sure you get your running back. And then if you don't get a good running back or, or fall lucky with uh, picking up a free agent, then, you know, you're, you're kind of out of luck. There have definitely been some sleeper teams through the years because – we're a little bit more equitable as far as how we have uh, some of the scoring. Could put a couple bonus points out there if you get above, let's say, what is it, like 175 yards of rushing or 150 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that makes it fun. And be willing to let people in the league have input. Um, we've had some times where we've talked about some things and said, yeah, you know what, I think that's a good rule change. That's fine. Um, be flexible. Make it fun. Um, don't be a stickler. Uh, I think everybody understanding that, uh, you know, the, the more that you are able to make it fun. Oh, and also another thing I'll say is that we have a 10-team league, and going to the playoffs, it's the top four. <laughs> so, so as far as, like, the wild card or something, we are all for the wild cards. And even um, as we go into our playoffs, we have just about every week, every team is still involved with it. Some teams don't give a damn, and they don't put anybody in their roster or whatever. But we have, you know, the toilet bowl, the first flush, second flush, and what is it, the third and won't flush league won't flush. Uh, yeah. championships. So we, we keep things going even if it's just for silly fun. But I like having it that at the end of the season, you could be, you know, five and eight or something like that. But, hey, if your team's getting hot at the right time, or your quarterback didn't blow a, a, a knee out, hey, you're still in this thing. Yeah, it's pretty so, rare yeah. Pretty rare in our league for the dominant team to just walk into the playoffs and clean up. That happened this past year. Waltz had a team that was yep. just unflappable and had no 
major controversy or no major issues, except I think he did tie new Steve in the opening round, and we had a little bit of a uh, a controversy with the rules. But then after that, he just or no, that that's not right. That that might have been two years ago. Last yeah, last year I okay. Now it's it's all coming back to me. Last year, Walt finished way ahead of everybody else in standings and points scored, all that stuff. I was second in points scored, but somehow that in the, in the entire league, but that came out to fourth in the division magically. And so I had the the pleasure of playing the uh, juggernaut himself in the first round, and that was quickly the end of that. So, yeah. yeah it, no, uh, no doubt. And I'll tell you what, I, I think if you have a good philosophy to winning, like we talked about Grandpa drafting four, five, six tight ends, and it doesn't always work for you. Um, my attitude is, hey, you, you draft, you immediately find out they're all losers, they get injured, they were, you know, you were reading from a 2006 draft catalog, you know, <laughs> oops, I'm off my decade, my mistake. Um, but then, you know, thank goodness that we don't have uh, these stringent rules on uh, pickups and free agency. You know, it's it's wide open. It's it's like the dark web, man. Anything goes. Um, you know, there, there's no cost. Um, you can do it any time. There's no, you know, hey, it opens at Thursday at 8 o'clock. Nah, you know, 3 a.m. on a Tuesday. Time to pick up a new player, you know. Uh, with all those things, my philosophy has got me two Super Bowls, which is drafting. Who needs it? You know, hey, just find out who's uh, scoring, you know, some points around the second week. And you might get lucky and win a Super Bowl. There you go. This is from the man who once drafted Andrew Luck and Tony Romo in the first four rounds and ended up winning a Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. So anything is, is possible. Uh, I, got, I got one last question about fantasy football before we, we move on here to a couple other topics. Uh, let's, let's pick the brain of a, of a 12-year veteran commissioner and a two-time Super Bowl champion. Who, who do you like in the draft this year? Who's standing out to you? I know you, I know you do a mock draft once every, you know, every day or so. So you, you got to have some good yeah. ideas at this point. I, I know you're a big mock drafter. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, one of my things has always been, uh, you know, pick a, uh, pick a quarterback or something, pick something like that in the first round, which usually doesn't work out well, because like you said, many of these quarterbacks tend to uh, fade away by the, the third week. Um, I'll tell you what, last year I really should have um, done more analysis on some of the up-and-coming running backs, you know, looking like at uh, uh, Kamara and stuff like that. Like a Cadillac Williams year. type, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hope that I can get at least one decent running back that, you know, doesn't fall off the face of the earth. Um, I've, I've never really subscribed to that. Now, there was there was one year I think that you went after some ungodly amount of wide receivers. Am I, am I remembering that right? Uh, that sounds like every year, yeah. Yeah, and you were thinking that you're going to stock up on them and people are going to come to you like, you know, you've got, you know, all the lollipops that the kids want. I don't think it really panned out for you, but, you know, sometimes I think maybe that might be another philosophy, you know, try to try to get, like, all the top running backs in the first couple rounds. Oh, wait a minute, they'll already be gone. I guess that won't work. But, um, yeah, no, my, my thought this year is try to get at least one decent running back. I I am really bad at picking out uh, a running back that will be tried and true throughout the years. When I very first started, way back when I was in Wausau, there was a work league, and I had LaDainian Tomlinson just as he was coming on. 
and I rode that guy to two consecutive Super Bowls, and I haven't learned from <laughs> doing that. So, you know, hey, if there's another, you know, uh, LD out there that I can find before he becomes a, you know, a great star, that's that's probably be my going to be my key to victory. But I would say, yeah, don't play play it smart the first couple of rounds. Don't get too crazy. Go go for a sure. You know, uh, like Antonio Brown, if, if maybe he's you know available, or was it Hopkins last year? I think was our number one wide receiver yeah. in our league. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would go for some of that stuff, and then hey, you know, in our league, a defense in the fourth round maybe not such a stretch if it's going to be like Jacksonville last year. I mean, those guys ran the the table with points. It was nuts. It's true. Yeah, I will say if you didn't know, Frank Gore is uh, playing for the Dolphins now. So if you're looking for those young fresh legs, that might be your guy. Uh, Back up, yeah, running back for the Dolphins. I, I thought he was doing Jarrettel commercials, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> he might be doing both. I don't know. I think his contract is for like seventy-five dollars. So, um, th- this is an interesting topic that I don't think has ever seen the light of day on any podcast anywhere. Um, you've gone by the name NDT for uh-huh. your fantasy football team for all of the Great White North, and maybe for other teams. We we'll never know. Um, but, but, but talk to me a little bit about NDT. Where does this name come from? Uh, um, in high school, um, my group of friends who we thought we were ultra cool, cool, which means we were incredibly nerdy. We called ourselves NDT and not that we were any great band or anything like that, but we were NDT, which stands for, and this isn't going to make any sense to anybody, but non Dugas tokers don't ask. And, um, that's just what we called ourselves. We actually made up shirts and stuff like that where we each had our characters playing our various instruments. Like I played percussion, so I was behind a drum set. Um, some of them definitely did go on to play, um, uh, you know, true music. Like Uncle Kyle was in our league. He actually does play with one of the other guys in our group, and they, they have a two-man band, and they're, you know, I guess you could say professional. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of what we called ourselves, our group in school. We, we actually did have um, a business for a while where we were DJing. We got sick of the music that they were always playing. We thought it was too, oh, wishy-washy, too, too weak, and we wanted to headbang and stuff like that. So we did have an NDT DJ uh, business that we would we had while we were in high school and then the first couple years in college. So that's kind of where that came from, but there's not really too much to talk about as far as it being, you know, it's not like we, you know, went from that to being the Yardbirds to being Metallica. It's nothing like that. You guys make like five bucks a gig or something? I'll tell you what, I think I've got the, our our accounting book. I used to keep it actually it was on the backside of our tape case because we did everything by cassette tape. And I think we made 125 bucks our first uh, our first gig, and we thought that was pretty cool. We went with that. We went to Drags, the, the pizza place in town, and uh, that became a tradition. Everybody would follow us after a dance to um, to Drags, and of course we'd always be paying because hey, we had cash in our pocket, so we'd probably have about 20 people following us there, and we'd close Drags down and eat pizza and drink root beer. So I, I didn't know about the uh, I didn't know about the whole DJ aspect before you really got into that. When in terms of sort of playing your own music, what what types of songs did you cover? Did you guys do originals? What was going on there? No, we we um, we like to come up with okay. And I don't know if you remember this, but Doctor Demento back in the day would play a lot of parodies like Weird Al Yankovic and stuff like that. And so we would take 
songs that were popular. We're talking more about like Dokken and Metallica and things like that. And we'd make up our own lyrics. For instance, for those of you that would remember Metallica, in 1986, their album Master of Puppets came out and their their uh, song of the same name. Well, we, we made up a song called Platter of Crumpets. <laughs> we had all these lyrics about it. And like Doc and had a song called Tooth and Nail. And we made up a song called Hoof and Mouth. So, I mean, this was really lame. <laughs> and we, we, we had lyrics for the entire song all the way down. I mean, if there was a scream in the middle, we included it. Yeah, we were. We thought we were pretty cool. <laughs> Are you telling me that you never got invited to headline Aquafest? No. And you know what? Even when we went to uh, Monsters of Rock, where we saw like Van Halen, Scorpion, Metallica, Doc, and those guys... We were screaming our songs to them, but they just must not have heard us. I don't know. Uh, no, no, we've we've never headlined. It's kind of like when you got a great podcast and you're trying to get Jack Links to sponsor you, and no one seems to be listening. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, what what yeah, is this? Like what is this? Yeah, I hear about a possible reunion tour. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I did have my thirtieth class reunion uh, just earlier this summer, so. Um, most of the guys were there. My one friend Eric had a wedding he couldn't make it to. But, um, yep, we, we usually pose for a picture. In fact, I have not seen that yet. I'll have to ask Aunt Wendy. But we always kind of pose in this angry, everybody, you know, with their fists and their, you know, flexing your muscles for what they are and kind of the angry look in their face. And that was our that's our traditional, you know, getting together and trying to pose, you know, through the years. So you can see younger we were looked like maybe we're actually tough. Now we just, like... We're just old, you know, out of shape guys that look pretty pathetic. But yeah, our, our reunion tour is when we get a chance to see each other for a class reunion every five years. Um, actually, Auntie Bond and Uncle Ron will be having their 50th um, wedding anniversary party here uh, around uh, Labor Day. So we'll have uh, some of them back here, especially Uncle Kyle and I. It's going to be the party friends, of the century. So, you know, reunion is kind of a. Yeah, term, but yeah, we, we do like to get together when we can, yeah. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of meat taking place at that 50th party. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Uncle Jim was actually supposed to be manning the barbecue, um, and uh, he's actually going out to Baltimore to see Jake, so he'll be in your neck of the woods. So, um, um, although I'm not nearly the professional barbecuer like Uncle Jim or Kyle or Uncle Ron are, but um, I'm probably going to be helping out with doing that. So probably ribs and brisket and all that fun stuff I'll probably be helping out with. So, so yeah, there you go. There will be a lot of meat consumed. And that's, by the way, that's a whole other topic. If Oh, my gosh, those guys are nuts for barbecuing. You can't believe it. It's, it's fantastic. It is so delicious. Uncle Ron did all of it for Sawyer's graduation this year, pulled pork. It's to die for. But they go crazy about it so but not not a bad uh not a bad thing to have in your family or people who love to barbecue it it's uh it uh, it's pretty damn tasty it might mess up your septic if you have one of those but it's uh <laughs> it's it's worth it in the end i think that's what we've learned over the years um I, i've got uh, let's see i got two other topics i want to cover here uh, one you're semi-prepared for, the other I promise you're not. Uh, okay. the, the last thing here that, that you are probably prepared for, Rice Lake, Wisconsin. It's where, uh, where, where many of the denizens hail from. 
goes way back. Uh, any any good news from around town these days? I heard there was some uh, some sort of money laundering or embezzlement happening in in the school system a couple yeah. uh, maybe two years back. Uh, but but is there any any good stuff happening? Anything you see in the chronotype that really catches your attention these days? Um, well, I'll tell you what. Auntie Wendy was reading the uh, police log out of the Chronotype, our weekly newspaper, and it is always entertaining. Sometimes we just read it to each other, um, and we can't even stop laughing. I'll have to start taking snaps of it and send it to you, and that's really easy to do now. It is hilarious. It'll range from everything from, you know, woman outside a bar, lost her skirt, calling the cops, you know, if they possibly might know where it is. It could be Farmer Brown's cow is headed down Highway 53 and, you know, on the lookout. Um, it ranges from sometimes the pathetic to sad to usually just hilarious. So there, there's always that part. Um, as far as in Rice Lake, um, Rice Lake's been doing a, a pretty good job lately. They're, they're working on, I think, uh, replacing the pool. And you've been to the pool, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, getting it so it's no longer at 11 feet. But I think the, the 12 or whatever they need to bring back the diving boards. Um, so that, that's one of the projects. Um, they've done better with making bike paths and things around the lake. Um, I just played in the band shell, which was made from Alamco, your your grandpa's company. Sure, this, Grandpa but, Dave of podcast um, fame, yeah. Yeah, uh, we were playing it for our church. They were playing uh, that Sunday they had it, so that's always neat through the years. I played either for the Rice Lake Symphony, or the Red Cedar Symphony, I'm sorry, or the community band I've been a part of for many years, um, and playing underneath that. And that's always neat because I remember when that went up, and there was a picture in your grandpa's company's calendar that had Walter underneath the brand new band shell kind of running across all on his own and that was neat um oh let's see what else is going on in rice lake um they not that this is everything but they they my, my kids who your cousins who have been going through high school over these last few years and annika's a senior this year they've had a lot of success within um putting swimmers to state they were football champions last year been to state a few times they went to state a number of times for basketball um so they, they've had a lot of success, whereas when I was there, we were at the bottom of the heap. So we never went to state or did anything. So these kids have been able to go to, because they're all in the band, as you know, um, to Camp Randall, to the Cole Center. Um, they just came back from Boston and New York with the band. They got to play on the aircraft carrier out there. Went through Boston, the Freedom Trail, lots of things like that. Two or three years ago, they went to the um, uh, uh, Disney World down in florida for their band trip they're doing all sorts of things that i ever did so you know the the, the school and those programs have been you know doing really well um the band program is great their music is always fantastic to listen to the kids uh your cousins have always been great going to state for singing playing you know they've they've always been exceptional with that so i've enjoyed a lot of great music over the years there um rice lake um is going along i mean it's 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 doing well um, there's always a few things about it that I'd like to see them be a little bit more progressive about, especially when it comes to funding things like the library, like they're working on upgrading library, and that's been kind of slowly coming along. But um, there, there's going to be some big improvements this year. They're going to redo the dam and the bridge over it. They're going to take the main street and make it into a more um, friendly environment for uh, the, the, 
the stores along there make it so that instead of it being a four lane right down the middle, which it does need to be, make it more of a two lane and, and uh, expand room for along the stores so there can be room for cafe and things like that. So, so some of those things are changing. Um, but other than that, as far as anything uh, really extraordinary, I can't think of anything else. But, but yeah. Yeah, so that's what's going on in Rice Lake. Yeah, well, for those of you listening out there, you might think, Rice Lake, I never heard of this place. Well, for all my NBA listeners out there, Henry Ellenson, Detroit Pistons of Rice Lake High School fame, played basketball for uh, for the Warriors and uh, did a little track and field for, uh, for you guys as well. So if you don't know Rice Lake, you're going to want to put it on your radar. It's about an hour north of Eau Claire, which everyone knows you know so um yeah of course well well, thank you for for sharing that if you've never checked out the uh uh, rice lake chronotype police log it's kind of like uh garrison keeler's lake wobegon days except trashier and and not quite as uh as entertaining but but it's still a solid five minutes per read of uh of good material so so thank you yeah um, I, I, I've got one other section here. I, I do want to make a make a point of this before I move on because things are about to get wacky. Were there any other uh, roasts or zingers that that you were saving up uh, that that you wanted to get out there before we we uh, move up into our concluding section here? Oh, a- absolutely. And I'll, I'll have to uh, predicate this one with. Uh Quinn has uh, has also been known as Driz. There's kind of a longer story behind it, but it goes back to our fantasy football. So I, I affectionately refer to you as Driz, and, and I believe, Driz, Driz, you've never taken any offense to that, right? Absolutely not. No, so, so Driz is... Because it's just one of my nicknames, and the Denisons love nicknames. So you know, hey, why not? You know, add a couple more to it. So here we go. I don't want to say Driz was unattractive as a kid, but when he played in the sandbox, the neighbors' cats kept covering him up. He wasn't very good at his hygiene either. Quinn had a rough complexion as a kid. One day he fell asleep in the library, and when he woke up, a blind man was reading his face. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn was the black sheep in the family too. One time the whole family played hide and seek. Quinn finally found out three weeks later that they had all moved to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uncle Steve, your dad was unfortunately not very fond of you, Quinn. I don't know if you knew that or not. One day he asked your dad, "How can I get my kite into the air?" And he affectionately said, uh, "Just go run off that cliff." <laughs> Another time he asked uh, his old man if he could go ice skating on the lake. He told Quinn, "Why don't you wait until it gets warmer?" Jeez. Quinn uh, has also had a tough time on Tinder, and I've heard this. This so is I true. Pile on, okay. And, of course, you say, okay, how tough, the audience says. One girl he met said, come on over, there's nobody home. He went over, and, of course, nobody. There was nobody home. And uh, uh, recently, um, I don't know if this is known, but Quinn was stranded at the altar when he announced to his bride that he had recently completed his first successful bodily fluid transfusion with an unknown member of the Kardashian family. And I'm sorry about that, Quinn. That's that's got to be tough. But uh, you know, I know you're an arguless man, a man who doesn't want to, uh, you know, put out there, you know, your failings. But that's that's what I've got for you. 
I thought you were going to say they left me at the altar at my christening, but uh, but that's just as good. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well, let's let's uh, let's hope that you can dish it as good as you can take it. Not that I'm about to roast you, but I got some uh, some rapid fire questions that I think yeah. might might just uh, keep you on your toes a little bit here. So I got five questions for you. Okay. Uh, none of them are hard hitting. None of them are about jack links but i think you're going to enjoy them so just uh answer them to the best of your ability we'll go ahead and uh and get started here number one scott walker versus paul ryan versus randy bryce versus rod blagojevich in a cage match who do you like you know what um walker would get his butt kicked by anybody even if it was howdy duty um, I'll have to say Blago. I mean, that guy's hair, probably in and of itself, is is worth at least a body slam, right? Well, and let's um, not forget, he's had what almost ten years now, almost to, I was to say, yeah, work it out in prison. Shouldn't he have been in there? Absolutely, and I saw a picture of him recently. He's got the the gray hair going. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a little silver fox action. I think he's ready to go. Don't sleep on Randy Bryce, Iron Stash, always ready to go. I think Paul Ryan's more all talk, not a lot of walk. He's got the P90X stuff, but that was back yeah, in 2008. Nah, nah, that's all yeah, show. that guy's got nothing. Yeah, he's retiring like an old man. Uh, number two, what is your favorite John Philip Sousa march? Oh, that's unforgettable. It's so unforgettable, I don't even know how it goes. <laughs> now I know what I'm listening to all day to tomorrow. <laughs> uh, number three, Lloyd, Bo, or Jeff, who is the most attractive member of the Bridges family? Oh, Lloyd, 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 Lloyd. For sure. Number four, if you could drop an atomic bomb on the city of Dallas or Slim Jim headquarters... Would you? I mean, mean just would I have either one of them? Yeah. You know, I was just reading about Dallas today and how its its growth is just, you know, stratospheric. So, you know, to kind of, and, and, and the concern was about how the, uh, the, uh, the fact that it's obviously a very red state and how its population, I think they were saying by 2050 will be the same as California and New York at this time. The Electoral College, you know, stands to be, you know, really starting to sway in that that one direction. So, you know, I think any sort of a nuclear bomb in the middle of Texas would, you know, slow things down a little bit. So there's that side. But then there's the whole thing with Slim Jim, which, by the way, there was a time that actually one of their own uh, plants blew up and Jack Link swooped in and was able to fulfill, you know, the orders. And that, that was that was. Uh, that, that was obviously fortuitous for the company. I'll have to say, just based off of history, Slim Jim will probably blow themselves up again at some point, so they probably will, you know, be self-destructive. And let's just go with Dallas. It's n- it's not a bad call. You get rid of uh, uh, a lot of issues that way. Uh, number five and last and, and, one. And, 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 and yep. hold on, let's, let's not forget Grandpa's uh, team, the Crimson. Of course. Hey, right. Yeah, no more, uh, no more Jerry Jones. Rest oh in peace. Gosh, <laughs> uh, last question, and I'm I'm hoping you know who this is. Uh, what do you think is next for Kurt Menefee's career? 
Oh gosh, I don't think I know who that is. Tell me about it. Kurt Menefee has hosted the uh, the, uh, the 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 Fox NFL pregame show for the last I don't know ten years or so. He's the African American man. He does it with uh, Howie Long and Strahan and Jimmy Johnson and okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. I see. When I was thinking about this question, I was thinking maybe competitive pet grooming, but I wanted to see if you had anything in mind. Um, gosh, you know, that, that's a tough one. And, you know, since, since we've, uh, we, we clipped our cable 10 years ago, uh, you know, if it's not like Pod Save America or, you know, my FARC newsletter or something like that, I'm really off the grid except for, of course, for fantasy football. So you're asking, like, what's next for him? Yeah, just, just in general, what's next? Uh, you know, he's probably going to be working down the street here at what's called Alcantraz, uh, where you bring in your, your empties, and you'll be a can crusher. I know there are a lot of middle-aged African-American males in Rice Lake, so I think he'll fit right into the population. So that's probably a good suggestion. I would think he would enjoy it, and you know what? What I would say to him, if he's feeling a little bit out of place, we'll just go up to Loon Lake, we'll go fishing, we'll catch some bluegills and bass, and, uh, you know, just have a have a s'more at the end of the night. Smooth everything over. That sounds pretty good to me. Oh, boy. Well, that is uh, that is what I prepared for this podcast. We're up to 54 minutes here. Uh, oh be- before we do anything else, uh, and, and we'll try to keep it quick because it is uh, about... 7 a.m. now Eastern Time, <laughs> midnight Central. Uh, Uncle Andy, before uh, before we do anything else, before we get going here, do you have any uh, parting thoughts, closing words, uh, anything you want to plug? Any Red Cedar concerts coming up? Uh, you got anything going on? Um, let's see. Uh, your aunt and I are probably going to be going up to Big Top Chautauqua up in Bayfield to see the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. We love seeing them. We've seen them before, so that's probably the next big thing coming. There, I can't believe it's already been this long. Um, I have just a plethora of topics that we haven't even touched on. Family history, um, you know, uh, d- disparaging stories of yourself, um, you know, <laughs> changing your diapers. I mean, I remember a lot of things. All I can say is uh, this has been wonderful. I hope I get a chance to come back on some. Absolutely. We would love to do that, yeah. We are going to have uh, plenty of uh, fantasy football, just like talk and action Sounds and updates. Good. Literally, the next five months worth of podcasts is going to be a whole lot of that stuff. There will be a lot of whining, complaining, gnashing of teeth. Gnashing Walt did teeth. this. Abby scored 130 points without a tight end. That sort of that sort of deal. So you know it's coming, and it's Great White North season 13, which is shaping up to be as uh as crazy as it gets i don't know have you heard anything from uh from our dear uncle jim about whether or not he'll be participating you know what that's interesting no i haven't although i did talk to him earlier today um usually with him it's it's beekeeping you know from the time i leave my driveway until i walk into the office but i do see that he is signed up everybody from our league i believe is signed up oh that's good so that's a good sign and uh you know i think it's uh it's it's just imperative. In fact, it really shouldn't even be a choice. It's just it's a mandatory. You have to. And uh, so I, I think everybody's back in there. I haven't talked to uh, Mr. Johnson for a little while, but I know he's always anxious, especially probably getting some revenge 
I think he's been building up to trying to make some real noise in the league, and I think last year was a little disappointing. So, so that that's coming along draft night. I think we're looking at the fourth of September right now. We're gonna. I think to that's do. the time so, to beat. We haven't heard anybody uh, dissent against that. So, uh, that's what we're looking at potentially. That that would be, I think, by far. Are the closest cut we've ever had because season starts what the seventh is it sixth? No, no, no. Yeah, no I, I think you're right. I think it's the seventh. No, it's the sixth. Well, I'm looking at it, it now. Is the sixth. Yeah. It is the sixth because uh, the fourth is a Tuesday and then yep. we start Thursday night. Yep. yep. So you're gonna we're gonna have less than 48 hours to get those rosters set, which Jack will inevitably have a, a snarky comment about. So, <laughs> um, but it's all fun. It's all part of the uh, experience. Live draft is is I can't imagine anything better because boy that is a great time we, for anybody we, out there that plays fantasy football and they don't live draft yep. and it's so easy to do these days you gotta do it yeah we had the dark ages probably something like seasons I don't know around like 4 through 7 in that range maybe a little bit earlier where that, for whatever reason that was just what we decided to do and I always remember not knowing when like you had set off the auto draft and I would wake up every morning, rush to the computer, see if I had a team yet and nope, next morning. So I am very happy to yeah. to leave those days behind us in the rearview mirror. So nope, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I wanna thank uh Uncle Andy very much for uh taking time out of a a work night for both of us now uh, to uh, to come on the podcast for an hour and share some of his thoughts. We'll definitely be having you back in the future because there are absolutely a lot of things that we uh, we didn't even get to scratch the surface of. Uh, you have your number here, folks. You heard it. One billion subscribers to the Beantown Podcast to get Jack Link's in talks for a sponsorship deal. So that's the number we got to beat. Uh, the good news is I'm only 23, so I got at least another good 15 years before uh, before it really starts to go downhill. So that's the number to beat. Uh, Uncle Andy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much, too. I can't wait to go back and listen to it and hear my horrible voice and then ask you to take it off <laughs> uh, YouTube. But, yep. It's uh, it's it's been a good time. Uh, Uncle, we'll we'll keep you on the line for one second after we finish right. up the podcast here. Uh, this has been Quinn David Furness uh, presents the Beantown Podcast, the People's Podcast, one of Baltimore's top five hundred podcasts. Thank you for listening. Uh, this was a fun night, fun experience for everyone. Uh, if you're listening now, it's probably the weekend already. I'll try to get it up at some point tomorrow. For now, I'm going to bed. Uh, this is Quinn David Furness signing off. Thank you for listening, and we will check in on you next week.